Welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast presented as always by Esports Network. I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and today I'm talking to Terrell Skelly. Longtime fans of this podcast will remember Terrell. We did a lot of shows back in the summer, but it's been a while since I've had him on. Terrell, how you been, man? I've been pretty good just dealing with this storm we're having out in Michigan. Fun times. It's uh, 65 degrees and sunny in Las Vegas. You want to move here? Uh, yeah, if my girlfriend will let me, I will. <laughs> and Las Vegas is very topical because Terrell is our resident fighting game expert. And the biggest fighting game tournament of the year was just announced, EVO 2020. We're talking about the nine games they chose, the nine tournaments they'll be holding. Uh, some of the very notable dropouts, including Mortal Kombat, and some of the players to watch out for at EVO this coming summer. So, starting real quick, we're going to run down the nine games that will be at EVO 2020. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which is not out in America, Terrell has just informed me, Samurai Showdown, Soul Calibur 6, Street Fighter 5 Champion Edition, again, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Tekken 7, Undernight in Birth, which I literally never heard of, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the Sega Dreamcast. That's a throwback to the 20th anniversary of one of the OG fighting games. And those are your nine titles. So no Mortal Kombat, and for the second straight year, no Super Smash Bros. Melee. That game is off the roster uh, for good, it seems like. Until it's 20th anniversary and it gets to come back again, right? Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's pretty damn close. Next year it would be 20 years. It came out in 2001. <laughs> that's right actually yeah they bring it back next year it's like okay we had two years off we're, we're back to melee time it's fine it had a great run uh so terrell which game are you most excited for out of those which one's jumping off the page uh that you can't wait to watch oh tekken 7 easy uh, from last year or even two years ago to last year and then this year um, Tekken 7 has, except for now, they call it the Leroy virus, the Leroy edition, because he's stupid overpowered and stuff. Um, he, Tekken is just, it, it, the cast is diverse. It's one of the most diverse um, fighting game communities. So most fighting games, they have them in, you know, America and Japan, while Tekken 7, last year, Arslan Ash won, and he's from Pakistan. Seven players from Pakistan went to the Tekken World Tour final. Um, and then I think three of them made it into the top eight for the World Tour finals. So this game is very diverse uh, compared to like Smash Bros and Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, so I'm excited for that the most. That was really cool. Arslan Ash sort of came out of nowhere last year, right? He was just totally unheard of and then catapulted to the, to the finals. Yeah, so he, like, he was quietly known in community. Like, I had to talk to a couple people about it, like fans and check forums and stuff. But he was quietly known. Um, he first made his big appearance at the uh, Evo Japan for their Tekken 7 tournament. He won that. And then people were like, you know, he's a maybe just a one-timer or stuff like that. And then he came to Vegas, um, now your new home city. And he took out probably me, which is maybe right now the best Tekken player ever. And he took him out pretty handily with a 2-1 uh, without a reset. And uh, 
He didn't do too well in the, the World Finals, the World Tour. Now he had a hiccup and kind of cost him, but he's known for now for that. So he uh, is good. He usually plays like Kazuma and uh, I said that wrong. It's Kazumi, and he uh, will dominate. And I don't know what's going on. He's picked up Zafina. Um, I don't know if that's going to help him against this Leroy horde that's coming around. But we'll see. Gotcha. Very interesting. So again, I'm going to be leaning heavily on Terrell because I am not nearly as familiar with these games as he is. There's two games that I don't even think you're that familiar with. Uh, you know more than I do, of course, but Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which is literally not released in America. Is there a timeline for when that'll come out? And why do you think Evo decided to include uh, a game that literally hasn't really come out yet, besides Japan, I assume, is where it is available. Um, they kind of did this with, like, Guilty Gear and other anime fighters. Like, they'll be stupid popular in Japan, and then they'll either have a strong show on Evo Japan, or they will uh, word of mouth people, like, hey, I want it in America. So the game comes out in, like, the beginning of March for Americans. So they'll still have, like, what, five months to practice it, but the game originally came out in, uh, actually came out today for console. Oh, but really? It was, it was out in arcades, though, May 30th of last year. So they had time to sit in the arcades, because Americans don't really have arcades anymore, to practice and learn the, you know, mechanics and stuff, which is very important in fighting games. Like, you need to learn your mechanics, your combos, practice, practice, practice. Um, a lot, of the time, a lot of times they'll use it, like, especially since it's an Arc System Works game. So Arc System Works game is the Guilty Gear, uh, Blaze Blue, um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, like, games that they use to um, bring to America so we can learn how to play them. Uh, they don't have Blaze Blue, nor do they have um, Guilty Gear, because Guilty Gear is getting ready for a release later this year, and... Blaze Blue cross tag battle kind of fell off. So they still need to have a game in there for them, which is why they're going to use Grand Blue because it comes out recently and Americans will still have time to play it. And if they like it, it'll be well sold over here for a fighting game. Interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned Blaze Blue cross tag battle. That was the other game that appeared in Evo 2019 that is not on the roster for Evo 2020, joining Mortal Kombat 11, of course. So let's get right into it. I mean, that's one of the big storylines coming out of this is no Mortal Kombat for the first time in nearly a decade. That studio hasn't put a game into Evo, um, and I'm blanking on the name of the studio right now. Why was Mortal Kombat dropped, do you think? It's such a staple of fighting games for so long. It's odd not to have it on there. I don't know. Like, NetherRealm Studios, uh, the guys that created Injustice and Mortal Kombat, they they have a decent showing it's usually low like participants so for example in 2008 injustice 2 came out or was out but they only had 363 participants last year though how mortal kombat had over 1100 players so they had a, a fit over they had 1567 participants that's crazy like it had more than dragon ball fighter z soul Calibur, and uh it was pretty close to the samurai showdown which is a old fan favorite 
So with them excluding it, there's always going to be a game that people are up in arms about. Like, like when we were talking about, you know, the mortal, the melee being 20 years old next year. Last year they didn't, you know, bring it out, and they're like, everyone's like, why? Well, it could be. For this though, for melee, they had Smash Ultimate, but for Mortal Kombat, I'm kind of confused. I don't know if it wasn't selling well. I know a lot of players were kind of upset about it, and the viewing itself was kind of low. It's, I mean, the Smash Bros. thing sort of made sense because it's like, okay, Nintendo is going all in on Ultimate. That's what they want their main focus to be. We're going to, you know, phase Melee out and phase Ultimate in. So it's like, while Melee was such a historic game and a fan-loved game, at least you could sort of understand the reasoning behind it. With this one, it's so odd. I mean, if if they were all very staples, but you also have games like Undernight in Birth, which, again, I'd never heard of before reading the Evo announcement. And so it's it's hard to figure out why they prioritized a game like that that is virtually unknown in in modern or in uh, mainstream circles instead of deep fighting game rings instead of a game like Mortal Kombat. That to me is a little bit odd. What can you tell me about Undernight and Birth? What do you know about it? Undernight and Birth, um, I've only played it a couple of times, but I've seen gameplay of it. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's an anime fighter, of course, but it's more technical driven. And so the community is strong because I've like read on forums again and talked to a couple people that it's actually harder to pick up with like frame rate and like all the minute stuff of a fighting game. But the following is just so damn strong. Um, it, they literally push their way up to the front. It's kind of like pushing your way up to a concert. It's like, I want that front row. They literally took that game and they're like, we want this on the, we want this at Evo. We want this at Evo. Now it might not get the main stage. It did last year, but, um, it might not get the main stage again this year, but it'll still be there, which is going to be great for sales. Um, and with Steam, a lot of the times too. A lot of these games, if they're on Steam, they have a free play weekend. So you can try the games out. If you like it, a lot of people will purchase them. And from there, it will uh, pay. It'll pay themselves out. So it's good for it. I got to look at the, I forgot the name of the company, but it's good for them. So Interesting. It sort of reminds me of some of those tier two esports and how militant their communities can be. Games like Rocket League or Rainbow Six Siege, where if there's, you know, somebody posts a poll, DreamHack posts a poll, it's like, what game do you want to see at this thing? And the those communities just go ape shit. And they're like, oh, we want our game here. Everybody go on the Reddit, go on the Twitters, tag everybody, everybody retweet it. We're going to get our game in these spots. It's sort of that energy you get when you're uh, a growing eSport with a lot of fans, but you're clearly not one of those top tier eSports. And sometimes those fan bases can make themselves seem way louder than they actually might be. You know, it could be a thousand people that feels like 10,000 versus a game that has 10,000 people and it feels like 500 because most of them are inactive or they don't care as much about it. Right, exactly. That's the per, Rocket League is like a perfect way of saying it. Like everyone loves Rocket League, but it's still not up there with like the T one esports. But man, you you can just look and hear the fans be like, "This should be a T one esport." And then you look over there, it's like, 
Yeah, I can see why. They're pretty damn loud. So I'd like to see Undernight push itself up to the main stage again this year. Because I think it was really good for the game last year. Cool. I'm definitely excited to check it out. I love those technically heavy uh, fighting game titles. <laughs> Evo is my three-day stretch where I've become a fighting game person. I'm like, okay, let's see what we got going on. Who What I miss? It, when that happens like with Evo, it reminds me of soccer. Like The World Cup will come around, we'll drape mm-hmm. ourselves in the American flag, love soccer, and then I'll end up like, all right, what's next? And then just leave. Like We won't care about soccer or fighting games ever again until next year or four years later. A lot of esports sort of have that moment, and it's like you have your hardcore fans who are watching throughout the year, but then it's the international, and everyone becomes a Dota 2 fan for three weeks. Uh, it's Worlds, and everybody, most people already are following League in some form, but everyone then follows League for a little while, and it drives all the storylines in esports. And Evo is that time for fighting games. And because it's only three days long, it's such just like an injection of fighting game content. It's so much fun. And there's always awesome storylines, awesome banter, great clips, uh, hype moments coming out of it. So I'm so excited to go this year and uh, just be part of that community because it's it's such a celebration of fighting games in general at Evo every year. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like just... I consider it to be like a Mardi Gras, just partying. Well, not partying, like meeting new like participants, seeing who doesn't, who does and doesn't show up. Um, a lot of the times, this is where you'll see new new fighters come out of the blue. Like this is where Sonic Fox was known, like Goichi and um, Fenretti, uh, Bonbon, stuff like that. When you see these big name terms, uh, Long Island Joe again, um, that's when you know, oh wow. These guys actually can play, and then they'll follow them, they'll get articles about them, and then they'll be well-known throughout the community. So, Yeah, I mean, Sonic Fox catapulted from Evo into being one of the most well-known esports personalities across all games. It felt like he was just immediately in public consciousness, partially because he's so unique and he's so damn good. So that brings up a great point. Is it still Sonic's Fo- Sonic Fox's world we're all living in? Or do you expect somebody else to, to have some success against him this year? Uh, uh, I don't know. Oh, Dra- I know he's entering Dragon Ball Fighters here, I think. Most likely he will. Um, with no Red- NetherRealm games, he usually, that's his second game, and he just dominates most of the time. And Injustice or Mortal Kombat with Cassie, uh, you have that feeling like Fox is going to win this or Fox is going to put up a challenge. Um, last year, Goichi won. And right now, that's the best fighting game rival. Right now, it's Goichi and Fox from Dragon Ball Fighters. Like, you have other players. You have Fenretti, you have Kazunoko, and you have others that come from the um, other worlds, like Weapon used to play couple of Street Fighter players used to play. But those two guys, like, were the um, strongest of the two, like, literal. And I don't know what he's going to do with the second game. I heard he was picking up Street Fighter. I heard he was picking up Tekken. I think the dude, like, needs, you know, uh, help because he just is a fighting game addict. I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to put his name into the hat for this Marvel vs. Capcom 2 game. Right, that's a isn't that a closed 
circuit sort of deal. They've got so the Marvel vs. Capcom too. We should flesh that out a little bit. It's an anomaly on the entire list. It's a game that's twenty years old. Again, they're playing on the second damn Dreamcast uh, of all consoles, and there's eight people. It's a celebrity invitational sort of, and it's four Evo champions uh, in the game from you know decades past. And then four other spots. So have they announced who those four other spots are? Or is that something that Sonic Fox could go get? And it's something Sonic Fox can go get. Uh, so they they have the four. They have Justin Wong. Or let me put it this way. They have the four that won the EVO championships when it was on the main stage. So they have Justin Wong, uh, Du Vader, Yipes, and Sanford Kelly. So those four either won once or won multiple times in Marvel. So they're automatic. They're automatically in. The other four spots are open. So I don't know if they're going to do like a, a winner take all, like one off or best of three to get those last four spots. Um, they didn't really flesh it out. And they're just like, yeah, we're just going to have four extra spots for people to go in. Do you think Sonic Fox even really wants to play on a Sega Dreamcast? Like the dude probably has zero experience with the console. I have zero I, experience and I, I'm his age. So I, 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 I mean, I'm sure he's played it and fooled around with it, but to pick up something like that that's so old and outdated, it feels like he'd be at an immediate disadvantage. Man, I don't, I don't know. I think that's a that's a great point, like, because the last uh, the last edition, quote unquote, for that game was on the original Xbox, no Xbox 360, and that's still even good ten years ago, ten plus years ago. So the fact that this game is old as dirt. Um, and these guys already have like so much like leg, leg or space in front of him. I just think he won't try it or he won't like it, but I think he's definitely going to try it just because Sonic Fox, if you say, Hey, you got to go play this guy, this brand new fighting game in a coal of fire or a, a pit of fire, he'll, he'll go do it just because it's Sonic Fox and he can add the video or the fighting game. Because he wants to be the best, like, ever. And he's pretty damn close right now. Okay, here's another question for you. Why are they running this on the Sega Dreamcast and not on, like, the PS2 or something like that? Sega Dreamcast was the best. Like, the frames were good. It ran the best out of the Dreamcast. That's why when you go and look for a Dreamcast one, it's so expensive compared to the other ones. Like, it can run you sometimes up to $200 to find a copy of the game. I see. So it's sort of like it it it's really holds the test of time and hasn't gotten outdated over the years. Right. But one of my issues is we may like the players may like it, don't get me wrong, but it's kinda like that best way to put it is the World of Warcraft thing is you have the newer edition of the fighting game, but then you have to go back to the older stuff and then you find out the older stuff wasn't as good as the newer stuff. Yeah, it's the the nostalgia factor. I play GoldenEye, and I'm like, honestly, this game's kind of broken, and it's not yeah. that much fun. It was great when I was a kid, and I was I loved playing it. But I played it at a bar recently. I was like, this is so tilting. I hate this. What the crosshairs oh, yeah. didn't make any sense. What what is this control system? Well, that's, so that's the issue is, and also with the fighting game community actually going on right now, all of them is they all have this like one broken character. Like Dragon Ball Fighter Z has GT, Goku, Goku, and Bardock, and Tekken has Leroy. Um, Smash, they literally, I think, banned Hero out 
Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, they don't ban anything. So you're using the same, like, 12 characters throughout the whole entire turn ranking. Like, a lot of newer people don't like watching the same dude six times over. So it's going to be different with a brand new generation watching this game for a whole time. Yeah, I mean, that's an eSports issue in general where it's just there's one strategy that's dominant and it gets so boring to watch after a while. It's unfortunate that's happening. Do you think these uh, these devs are going to really make a, a point of balancing or even flat-out banning the most popular or these these overpowered heroes as they go into EVO just to like make sure the bracket looks different and is interesting and has all these different characters with different storylines behind it? Um, I think if the players complain about it more. So, like, right now, Tekken fans, even, like, me himself, or, like, this Leroy guy, is, he's an issue. Like, we got to do something about him. And same with the Dragon Ball community. It's like, GT Goku is an issue. We got to do something about him. So they might tweak it out for the players, but if, in my eyes, they need to do it for the players because the players are the ones playing the game. So they need to be more comfortable with that game than the fans do. Yes, the viewership will be lower, but still fans come in and out, in and out, in and out. So, um, and you'll always get that, like, oddball team that everyone will root for. Like, you'll get a random low-tier character. However, I just want the developers to do it for the players more than the fans. I know it's kind of selfish, but I think the players should come first in that instance. And that's just esports across the world for me, though. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. I mean, if the players aren't complaining and they enjoy it, it's uh, we the Overwatch League dealt with something sort of similar in the GOATS meta where fans were like, oh my God, I'm sick of watching the same comps and the same stuff. And the players I've talked to were like, you know what? It was, there was a decent amount of counterplay. There was a lot of strategy. We, we sort of enjoyed that meta. And that was a great example of fans versus players. And Overwatch League had a big problem because they weren't went on for seven months. And so right. it was, <laughs> you watch that for a month. It's like, okay, I'm tired. Evo's three days. So if it's the same character going back and forth for in mirror matches, for a couple mm -hmm. of days, that's a little bit easier to stomach as a fan than watching the same meta play out over like five, six, seven months. Yeah, especially as like you said, the casual fan usually turns into Evo's, like the international. Like, I don't know if this character's broken, but he looks cool, and they explain it to me like I'm six. So they might he might be like totally overpowered and broken for the game, but I'm a casual viewer. I'm gonna watch for a week. Oh, okay, then I won't see the character ever again, so it won't bother me as much as like the hardcore fans. True, and sometimes it's actually easier to understand the game in mirror matches or in uh, when there's if if they are really casual fans and they don't know any of the characters and they only have to learn two or three, it actually helps them bring them into action versus every match having a different character. And they're like, I have no idea what's going on right now. So sometimes you can actually make the argument that. Uh, a low, a small character pool is good for viewers, which is an odd sort of deal, but kind of makes sense. I've been there before where I'm looking at it, and after watching a couple matches, I'm like, okay, I understand. Like, I understand the specials. I understand the strategies. I understand what looks good, what isn't good, what the combos they're trying to pull off are. And it's nice as a viewer to feel like you actually understand what you're watching a little bit. That, that's always nice. Yeah, but like, it, it, like exactly right. So... We'll go back to Overwatch real quick. 
sometimes fighting games can be hard to watch and the hype gets so big the commentators aren't the best at explaining it but that's why yipes is so good sajam is so good tasty steve are so good they can get hype and they can explain to like explain like i'm five to everybody but like take this like esport like overwatch like you you watched it and you you said yourself like the colors there's so many colors and i'm kind of confused by it but then i can watch it and be like oh well this happened this happened this happened so if you use the same character over and over you'll actually start to understand oh well tracer does this reinhardt does this bridget does this so but if you keep switching it in in and out in and out in and out viewers get confused and they eventually just shut it off i struggle to watch overwatch still do it's uh, i mean it's been off for a while but all the the ults and i understand the ults i understand what every hero can do uh it's just when it's all going down and everyone's ulting at the same time my brain just is not processing fast enough what's going on at, at any point and that's the biggest issue i think for them as they try and connect to a mainstream audience is the game honestly needs to be slowed down a little bit which is tough because for players they don't want that that just makes the game more boring to play so it's again the tough debate of viewers versus fans uh but yeah overwatch is in a spot of trouble right now <laughs> yeah and i think honestly with i know it sounds kind of mean to say but with some of the overwatch viewers that turn it off i kind of talk to them like hey you want to see something easier to watch here's street fighter for you here's tekken for you here's smash bros for you come come join us we we like you guys come on we don't mind you and you know if you have sponsors bring some of the money over here too so um Fighting games yeah. get a nice advantage because they've been around for so long that everyone's pretty familiar with like a 2D fighting game with almost everyone's played a Street Fighter, a Tekken, a Mortal Kombat in time. And it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward. It's one versus one. They face each other and you're trying to hit combos and lower their health bar. Like the, the average viewer can pick it up in like a few minutes and then there's nuances to all the strategies and stuff. But in general fighting games are very uh engage very easy to engage with esport which a lot of other esports really struggle with because they're they're so complex they're built on being complex but fighting games being one versus one really helps them i think because it's it's so natural and what you see is just easily translated uh to a viewer that's perfect example like one of our colleagues there i'm teaching them how to play Tekken seven and he comes from the mobile community so he's like oh i'm thinking i gotta do this this and this and it's like dude just use your feelings let your muscle memory go and you know practice this combo over 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 again so he's event now he's getting it but before it was like he's trying to make something easy into something like complex and it's just like it's not it's not the mobile community like, yeah, once you start yeah. thinking while you play a fighting game is when you lose. Yep. You don't exactly. have time to think about your next move or to... You can think in between matches, be like, shit, I need to do this or I need to try that or I can't let him hit me with this. But uh, especially like Melee or Tekken or Street Fighter, there's just no time to think. You have to be all on muscle memory blocking and then hitting your combos. So got to know those like the back of your hand for exactly. sure. 
like I was telling him, he, you know, he asked the, the age-old question, what's harder, you know, MOBAs or fighting games? I said, MOBAs, MOBAs are knowledgeably harder, but MOBA or, but fighting games in my eyes are mechanically harder because you have to be quick. You can't be like, depend on your teammates to save your ass. And you just got like, okay, black, you know, black, whatever combo. And then you got to go on an attack, but you got to know if he's not going to, if you're going to whiff, you're going to hit, blah, 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 blah. So we always have that back and forth. And I've had it back and forth with other mobile people. And then first person shooters are like, well, all we got to do is shoot an aim. I said, you guys got to have like fast twitch muscle fiber pretty much in your fingers to go that fast. So it's cool. It's a, there, every esport has these different set of skills that they require, which is always a, a nice part about different esports and it's why when people lump all the esports together it's just so foolish there's no way of <laughs> they're all different skills that cater to different audiences that are popular in different regions of the world uh so i'm curious where we're at this is my favorite debate and is super smash bros a fighting game I think we've done this debate before, but where's the community at on this one? Are they still the black sheep of the fighting game universe, or are people accepting Ultimate more than they ever did Melee? I think they're starting to accept it more, per se, um, just because now they focus it more on a fighting game. So, like, before they had... And this isn't the fans. This isn't the players' fault. This isn't, this isn't Nintendo's fault. Like, Nintendo's like, well, this is a fighting game. And it's really more of a party, like, we beat each other up type of game. While now with Ultimate, it's like, all right, we're making it more, you know, competitive. We're making it so you guys can have bands and stuff like that for your maps. And literally have, like, every stage be a battlefield or final destination. Um they prioritize that in this one. While they still made the game good, but you could tell they aimed more for that. Which is good for the Smash Bros. community because although I like the fighting games, we do have a gatekeeping issue. And myself included every once in a while. But we're slowly like opening the door so they can peek inside and join the party. Um, especially with personalities like Leffen and MK Leo and Hungry Box, like with the anime or the Smash Gods, um, they're leading the charge to help, you know, open the door for these guys. It's Melee was an entry point for so many people into the fighting game world. Uh, it was like that was the game. It was more common than a lot of other titles in just, oh, you can play it in that party setup. But then once you get into it, it's actually just an absurdly difficult game with an, a really high skill ceiling. And those personalities that came out of it were some of the driving forces. So it's cool to see Leffen, Hungrybox. I don't know what guys like Mango or Mewtwo King are doing lately. I saw Mango on a Cloud9 poker stream recently. I was like, oh, oh yeah, Mango. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a while. And it, it's, it's always interesting to me to see where the where smash fits into because it's so it's unique compared to all the other fighting games it's a different format it's been around for a really long time and it was popular in different communities than a, than a lot of the fighting games were and i think it was always perceived as being less hardcore which it was and it wasn't right there was at the highest levels it definitely was but there's no way to play street fighter like super casually you right. 
you're playing a game and your your goal is to beat the crap out of the other person. There's no bombs or being Kirby and floating around and jumping people off the edge. You know, just the the stupid cheese things you used to be able to do and you still can do in melee if you want that the game hasn't changed at all and it never will change. Oh no. But, uh, it's cool to see that's changing a little bit in Ultimate. I, I'm excited to see that. Who are the people to watch out for in the in the Ultimate landscape coming into the coming into Evo? Um, Riley hungry backs, of course. You know, Giggly Glove. He's still coming up strong. Weapon, I heard it was still coming strong. He's not a huge fan of Ultimate. I think he kind of turned it off for right now. Um, I saw one of his streams. He went over to Tekken and he kind of got stopped by a brick wall and toxicity. You know, Twitch. Uh, MKLeo, MKLeo had the reverse sweep last year, so he is just, I think he might win it this year, um, again, because just how good he is, like, uh, so they, other than that, like, I'm not fully versed into it, but those guys, I do know you need to watch out for, um, MKLeo, I think right now, he's just, for me, fun to watch. But I don't. I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm gonna go with MKLeo. I'm not, I'm not gonna. Okay. Sounds good. On the fighting game as a whole, best part about fighting games, in my personal opinion, is the banter. You get the one v one. There's a lot of shit talking to go around. It's an integral part of the fighting game community. Where, who is our most likely banter target at Evo? Who's going to go up on stage and just talk the shit? That becomes a live stream fail top post. Um, well, I would have said Buffalo from Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat's not there. Sonic Fox is up there. Um, mostly, honestly, it's going to be American players to watch out for. Hungry Box is pretty good. Leffen, Leffen had, I don't know, his last year or the year before, had the guarantee of he will win Evo. And he came out and won Evo. Like that, he did the Joe Namath. Like, I guarantee to win Evo. He won Evo. I would say that's 2018, I think he did that. Uh, he's a great trash talker. Um, Fox, he always likes to pop off. Uh, now with Marvel, all the old gener- the older generation comes back. And if people were like clutching their pearls when Sonic Fox or those guys were talking, they're in for a world, <laughs> a world of difference when it comes to Marvel banter and trash talk. Um, the thing though I do love about it is you will trash talk the hell out of that dude right over there. But you always respect the rules. You don't talk about their moms, you don't talk about their girlfriends or significant others, and you always shake hands and respect each other afterwards. Um, that's what I like about the fighting game community over like say League and Dota and well CSGO has a little bit of banter. But it's not like you 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 know, you're talking trash right across the way to each other. Like, you can't sit next to each other and talk trash. So Yeah, it's it's where the fighting game came out of, where you'd sit on those those small little plastic chairs and just be grinding. You'd be right next to them. There's no monitor to hide behind. It's literally you versus them. You could push them over out of their chair if you if you tried to do it. And that's the birth of where fighting games have come from. And there was so much beautiful banter back then. People giving up controllers. There's, there, I just like to go watch those clips on YouTube every few months of just like the best trash talk moments in fighting game history. So I'm hoping that there's going to be more moments made at Evo 2020. 
Yeah, um, Levin is a great one because every time he loses, something breaks, whether it's his spirit, himself, <laughs> his, his spirit, controller, his, like he, you can just look. So, um, what was it? It was 2018, I think it was CEO. He was playing against Goichi. He literally needed like just a, to sneeze on him, and he won the match. But Goichi just became God or something, a fighting game God, and beat Levin, came back and won. And you could just see Lepin, his soul just like sink out of him. And then at the big house where that's played actually out here in Ann Arbor, he got pissed and he just slammed his GameCube controller. It pulled out of the GameCube and it bounced off the stage. Like that's one of the reasons why I like him so much. A lot of people don't like him because, you know, he's cocky, arrogant, blah, 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 blah. But I love that type of stuff because it shows he has passion. Yeah, and, and that's also... As a viewer, that's what you want. Whether you love him or you hate him, if everyone's just boring about it, why tune in? People like Leffen bring interest to the whole thing. Him adopting the God Killer moniker when nobody could beat any of the top tier melee people, and he was the guy that could come in there. I was like, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to be one of the gods. I want to be the God Killer. And it's just like that's that's the kind of energy that you know lives on. Fifteen years later, we're still talking about Leffen. <laughs> and he's still throwing controllers around the stage. It's great to see that he hasn't uh, hasn't lost that edge at all. Oh no, and it's definitely like from where it comes from. It comes from like the more inner city basketball community. Like you go down to the arcade, you put your quarter up, you're standing next to the dude, and you're trash talking him, trying to throw him off his game. And but you know one thing: if you say something too personal, you know he's going to smack you across the mouth. So you got to be careful what you say, but you got to throw them off his game at the same time. So it's that fine line. Um, and one of the best trash talkers in the fighting game ever was K-Brad. People think he's a, like, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the esports community now, they see him as like a thug and stuff like that. But I love that dude. Uh, my favorite one is he literally beat a guy and he told the dude to sit down. He grabbed the chair put the chair in front of him, told him to sit down because the dude was just trash talking him in interviews and everything else. It's literally like UFC. K-Red just stomped him, pointed to the chair, kept telling him to sit down, sit down, slammed the chair, telling him to sit down, and then the dude finally sat down in the chair, just out of respect. And then they like, they cooled off and then they hugged it out afterwards. Great fighting game moments. You love to see it. I'm so excited for Evo 2020. I know you are too as a fighting game fan. Uh, parting words, Terrell, where can they find you? Where, where are you writing recently? What, where have you been up to? And then, you know, what are you most looking forward to from Evo? What's the, what's the number one thing you can't wait to see or thing you hope happens? Um, right now as writing wise, I've been kind of, I'm getting ready to do an article about Evo itself. Uh, but what I want from Evo is I want new fans to come in. I want like everyone, you know, to cherish it. I want like men, women, children. I know I sound like a politician right now, but I want them all to literally come join us and see we're not like bad. Like we trash talk and we goof off and we're jerks. And yes, there are some bad apples in the community, like in every other community. However, um, we mostly will watch each other's backs. Like, if something gets out of hand on social media or at the venue, we try to take care of it as soon as we can. Um, 
So yeah, that's why I just want new fans to come watch and just have fun. Like enjoy, maybe you'll find Smash Brothers as your favorite one. Maybe you'll find Tekken. Like there's so many diverse games and diverse characters within those games, except for Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, <laughs> uh, all Goku all, all the time in Dragon Ball Fighter. There's like only six of them now. <laughs> all, all the colors of the like every single rainbow. It's gonna be Skittles. There's gonna be a Skittles Goku probably special edition one. He's all colors, all of them combined into one. All of them combined, his hair just goes, and at the end, he just turns into a giant bag of Skittles. I mean, it is accurate, though. At least it's, like, not some random side character that's total cheese. It's... Goku should be the strongest, technically, if you go off how Dragon Ball actually actually worked. Right, that's what I'm saying, and then everyone's like, well, there's too many Gokus. It's like, he's the face of the franchise. It's like, you're going to have a lot of, like, other... Okay, you're gonna have like maybe maybe too many, but we got four right now. But uh, they mostly play different. Um, but like with Street Fighter, like everyone, had, all the fighting games have it. They all have like the Ken Ryu, the Kuma. They all kind of play the same. Smash Bros has Fox Falcon, Mario Luigi, like stuff like that. Um, but for real though, I just I want people to come in and have fun. Whether it's you go to the venue and you see it, like you're walking, you know, down and see Mandolin Bay, you want to go see what's going on, you see it on Twitch or Mixer or whatever you watch it on. Uh, I just want more people to accept us, not as an esport because we're still kind of against that, and that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> but Love the um, as as a viewership, like give us your numbers, like we miss you guys, and we have free food and. Sometimes I'll follow up your page. Evo is always a blast to watch. Or again, if you're in Las Vegas, head out to Mandalay Bay, uh, July 30th, 31st, and August 1st, I believe are the dates of Evo. So we'll be looking back towards that on this podcast as we get closer to those dates, see what else is coming up. And then I'll be at Evo. I believe Terrell will be at Evo. So maybe we can even do an episode live from the Evo floor. Although I've tried to do episodes at esports events in the past and they always turn out like shit because the audio quality is horrible but hey maybe evo will be different so thank you all for listening to this episode of the esports network podcast i'm mitch reams my guest today terrell skelly our resident fighting game expert all right let you guys take care of it